0: I've got this podcast, it supports this house. What do you do, you prop it up underneath the door or something?
1: (laughs) You're listening to PHP Ugly, episode 93, recorded January 25th, 2018. Today we talk about VPS solutions, PSR 15, the laws of UX, Firefox, too many Alexas, and a whole lot more. Here we go. Welcome to PHP Ugly, the ugliest PHP podcast on the internet. I'm Tom Rideout.
2: <laughs> right. I'm Eric Van Johnson. And I'm John Congdon.
1: What do we have today, guys? It's, it's been another week. This is episode 93, and we've got tons of topics.
0: Oh my gosh, we're not going to lead John... in with a 93 coincidence? No, we're not. Yeah,
2: that, was, that was the whole point of Thomas wanting to do a new I intro. I didn't know that. We I get thought get he away had a 93 from the...
0: coincidence. Thing going on now
2: for 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 We're the not, record I, I i was really looking forward to getting to 99 bottles of beer in the wall but you know thomas cut me off at the ankles there so I, that might have been well,
0: a, a good thing
1: unfortunately there is a gag order uh against us for talking about why we can't do that intro anymore but let, let's just say i think we'll win the suit I think we have a strong basis, and
2: let's just let's just say John's fine doing a little prison time. He's okay with it. Yeah, done it before. I'll they have it to again. prove <laughs> why not. They have to prove it. Let, there's no catch way up. they can do that. <laughs> let's let's him catch up with some old friends. Pay some debts. No, all my friends are out of prison at this point.
1: <laughs> See, in in my head, you guys sort of just went along with it instead of laughing at me.
0: No, we were laughing
1: and, with you and helped carry
2: helped carry we were the intro. Laughing. With you, well, it kind of caught off, caught us off guard. Like you gave us no warning, and it, the the first couple times really seemed seemed forced. Not that, that that last time did it, but you. you'll get better. Thank you'll get you. better.
0: <laughs>
2: I, I was waiting so for it's our
1: last last <laughs> episode together, ever.
0: <laughs> I was waiting for the lead in. I was wondering where it was coming from. No, no normally, normally I didn't. can sit here for the first got, two that... three minutes and just shake my head and wonder why
1: I
2: got edited sure. by the editor.
1: Well, I got to the the, editor I got to the end it. of last week's podcast and realized that we had none of us had said our name and I was probably the only person who heard the end of the podcast where we say our names. So I decided we should say them up front and early.
2: Well, Thomas, I believe if you listen to the podcast again, you'll notice that I very very eloquently mention everybody's name when I talk to them. Like John, when I say you're when I speak to you, I normally it'll lead into by singing your name but thomas you should probably listen to it again you would hear it more frequently
1: i, I don't think i'm gonna be doing that <laughs> <laughs> we are getting more and more popular though we have 600 listeners to uh episode 91 very i'm very impressed by that usa is back on top so
2: usa yeah let's
1: make our make our podcast great again <laughs> cover for me for a second I'll be right
2: to,
0: back. To, to be fair it's 600 downloads which doesn't necessarily equal listeners because i download it at least 420 times <laughs> and don't listen once
1: i think i think there's a system in place to account for that
0: uh, i don't know about that It'd be hard pressed to find a an accurate account there <sighs> so thomas thank you for doing the all intro. right gentlemen coming up with something
2: yes Thank you for all the hard work you do with the show, Thomas. The editing, uh, the making sure we're here on time, you know, harassing us all day. Guys, it's Thursday. Are we recording, guys? It's Thursday? No, not guys. <sighs> just bothering you today.
1: Yeah, it is. It's usually just you.
0: <laughs> yeah, what's up with Actually, that? I feel like it's usually just me.
2: <laughs> no, it's usually you Well, Eric. you're, <coughs> you're usually the one that's on just us. not here. What? One time when I was sick, I fell asleep. One time... And I even told you I would be falling asleep.
1: You fell asleep during is... the last podcast. <laughs> I
2: don't recall that. Uh, okay. Um. So I'm back from Arizona, so that's nice. Podcasts. I, I, I was... As I was explaining to you guys earlier, I always listen to the podcast because I like to see how bad Thomas makes me sound. And he, he's remarkably good at making me sound like an idiot. Not that it takes that much work, but, um, but yeah, it was painful to listen to that, that delay, man. Holy smokes. I, I am so spoiled with good internet here.
0: Yes. Thank you for, for being back and having good internet. <laughs> Cause it's painful on our side too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the old John empathy kicking in strong right there.
0: I always
2: have empathy and
0: stop using my name. I hate hearing it.
2: What? so i i've i've been struggling with something and i'm curious if any of you guys have explored this yet as we were Hmm. talking about over over christmas we bought a couple more echoes um for the kids rooms uh i actually bought i actually to expand on this a little bit i bought my mother and sister an echo and They were, when they saw it, they were kind of like, oh, this is nice. We probably won't use it, but thank you. Okay, they didn't say that part, but they kind of gave that impression. And uh, when I went out to Arizona last week, sure enough, the Echo device was still in its box, and it was off in a corner. I'm like, hey, uh, you guys going to use this? And uh, my mom was like, well, not sure how to set it up. I'm like, all right, that's fair. Let me set it up for you. And I get it all set up for her and i put it kind of in a central location in the house and man i tell you what by the time i left arizona my mom more my mom than my sister my mom was using it every day she started to understand how to interface with it what questions she could ask and you know how to get responses and she was she was talking to it and had it playing music for every morning i'd wake up to her playing music on that thing. But how many times did she get up from so the that couch was or the
0: chair to walk over and talk directly to it?
2: Talk, yeah, that yeah, she had <laughs> that with with John. It's the funniest thing. It's like I'm sitting there, I'm sitting in the living room, drinking a cup of coffee, and I, I see my mom who who doesn't move very well. Uh, she she's a little she's she's got issues getting up and moving around. So I, every time she gets up, you know, you're kind of on alert, like okay, where is she going? And I see her get up and walk all the way across the room to get right next to the Echo and then basically yell at it to play (laughs) some music. And then she turns around and walks back and sits down. I'm like, Mom, you don't, you don't, A, you don't need to yell, B, you don't have to get up next to it. It it hears you.
1: It always hears you.
2: But before we left, uh, you know, we, we bought Echo devices for our kids here, and we have several through the house now. Just the Echo devices. That. That's not even talking about the, the couple of Google devices I have. Um so before you get before but, you continue,
0: how many Echo devices do you have in your house?
2: Uh, currently hooked up. What? I, okay. I have uh, No, one. Dodging the question. <laughs> I have one, two, three, four, five. Five, five Echo devices five. and and two, two Google Assistants. Uh, there's one in all the bedrooms. There's one in the office here with me and there's one in our main living room so that's that's five and then i have a i have a google assistant uh here in the office with me and then i have the the little puck the the google mini in <laughs> in the master bathroom
1: <laughs> how many because a man's got to
2: hear some the news when he's pooping you know it's <laughs> it's, it's the new uh it's the new pooping device uh three so you have uh, more, or four four you if have, you count count the snake.
1: You have more echo devices than you have pets.
2: Well, the echo devices eat less. So yeah. I yeah, they they, they poop less too. Yeah, they poop a lot less. So, uh, but we we had
0: I to say last time I talked to one of your daughters, she was very concerned that you wanted additional echo devices for their room. How are they how yeah. are they how are yeah. they doing with those?
2: They're loving it. I hear I hear them playing all the time. And I, I also invested in a couple more uh, smart devices. So we have a couple more smart lights. And I got a couple of the smart outlets that uh, Thomas recommended. And so everybody's kind of enjoying that. I think we have smart lights in our kitchen now, our living room. The Girls, not only does she have a smart light in her bedroom, but she used the... Um, the outlet to hook in these like little twinkle lights so she can tell it to turn on the twinkle lights for her. And I I think uh, it's becoming a very common way of life with us. Well, what's getting irritating is having like, I I wish you could chain commands um, for, you know, I'll tell, I'll tell it to, you know, turn off the, turn off the light in the kitchen, turn on the bedroom light and, you know, Turn down the living room light, but each one has you have to do the trigger word again. Tell it the the command, mm-hmm. let it execute. Well, do I, the trigger word. I wish I could just chain everything. You, you
0: could do a bigger group, so you can set up multiple groups within the the Amazon app to have one that encompasses all those devices.
2: Yeah, but but typically what we're doing it's it's usually when we're going to bed. We'll we'll turn off the kitchen light, turn down the living room light, and turn on a bedroom light. And I think with the groups, everything kind of acts as one. Right, right? So, so it's I, either turn them I all off probably, or, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. But the other thing we're struggling with is the the girls now. Um, everybody, everybody, so we have Pandora hooked up to the Echo devices. And, of course, we're Prime members, so we have uh, the Prime music as well. But um, everybody's kind of leaning towards the prime music because it's just easier to not have to tell echo to go to pandora you just tell it hey echo play whatever you want to play and and i had this
1: exact same problem i know exactly what you're gonna say
2: where where only one person can stream at a time you can pay more for that. oh
1: i haven't had that problem
2: oh so so we're 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 having that problem where it'll say you know your account is already being already streaming on another device do you want to turn that one off and So what we started doing, and this is supposed to be a, a pretty basic functionality of that ecosystem, is setting everybody up as individual users of the Echo device. But that turned out to be a huge pain in the ass. Yeah, it's so a total nightmare. It's horrible. I mean, you, you can set it up so it recognizes everybody's voice, but you're still all on one account. If you try to set it up where everybody has their own account, it's a absolute but, nightmare. Absolutely. Yeah. So are you paying I, I for premium? I not get that working at all. Are
0: you paying for the premium music service where you can stream up to six different the, devices? The Prime?
1: No, there's Prime uh, and I there's am... Prime plus Premium. Oh. So you actually, it's another oh. service on top of Prime to do what you're talking about. Right.
0: And I ended up just signing up for that because I'm listening to a lot more Prime music from my desktop. And my wife does a lot with the kids out in the living room. And I was often running into that. So I'm like... You know what? It's time.
1: So now my problem is my kids are 14, 14, and 15, so it wanted to set them up as teenagers under my account. And the first thing it asks you is what is your teenager's name, and the second thing it asks you is which credit card do you want your teenagers to
0: use? Wait, 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 wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. There's no option for no no credit card. What are you
0: guys talking about with additional users? Because I still just do a single account. My wife and I share an Amazon account. And I have a single prime.
1: Right, so you can have a household of two adults, and the two adults can share a prime account. Well,
2: well, okay. So what Thomas is talking about is you you can set individuals up on a prime account, and yeah one of the one of the caveats we discovered when we were looking into this is you can only set up two adults, and then everybody else has to be a teenager or or or, Or a kid, and the kid
1: has really really restricted access to anything. Right,
2: and the problem with that is setting them up like that doesn't include the Amazon Prime Music. If you read, if you read the um, the terms, it, it it just includes being able to order through Amazon Prime. It doesn't include the Prime Music. So you're talking about Prime right. family. It, just, so gives them, it, just, it just,
1: to, just gives your kids your credit card number, right. Which is hideous. Right.
2: So so back to John's point. You know, he's doing basically what we were doing, which everybody was, was using my account. And you know all the everybody's phone is logged, their Amazon app is logged in through my account. All the Amazon Echoes are using my my account, and uh, but that's what we're trying to avoid because the problem with that is, you know, my daughters have a di- different taste of music than my wife does. Everybody mm, wants to sense. kind of have have their own playlists. Everybody well, wants Amazon to recommend yeah, we just, music. We just to don't them. allow that
1: in my family. Everyone has to have. My wife's taste in okay. music.
2: Well, we do. So, so we were trying to figure out, how, you know, what is the way? What is the way this is designed to set to work with with a, a you know family like a, a real you know multiple adult family basically, and even even my daughter who had an Amazon account. Um, so, to John's point, that that Prime Music one one of the one of the fixes we we're trying is we signed up for the 30-day trial for that which allowed me to add my daughter on her Amazon account to my Amazon premium prime whatever it's called uh so she has that but now the problem is the the echo devices recognize her because she's trained it to her voice so they know who she is but for her to listen to music on her account, she has to tell the Echo device to switch accounts. When the Echo device switches the account, which is fine doing, it, it, you know, she just says, "You know, Echo, switch to Alyssa's account, and it switches over. We've discovered that, first thing, that's a pain in the butt, because my wife will follow up and re- not realize that the Echo device isn't on our primary account anymore. It's on a separate account. My daughter's account is limited. She's not a prime user. She has very limited functionality. And all those smart devices that we've set up are no longer enabled when it switches to her account. So the Echo device isn't smart enough to know, hey, I'm in the same house. All those devices they set up are still valid. It just says, "Nope." Switching to a new account, you've got to reconfigure everything on the account now, hmm. which is like Ugh. this. This is terrible. This is a terrible experience. So we, we've kind of we've kind of moved away from that now, and uh, it, you know we're back on using the Prime account. We still have that trial membership of the Amazon Premium Music, but I don't know if I want that. It's like first thing. I already get prime music for free. Why why are you still trying to get more money out of me? We already pay for Pandora. So John, are you still paying for Pandora?
0: I need to cancel that. Now that you say that. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we already we already pay for Pandora, which I, I kinda like. I mean the, the Prime has its benefits in the sense that you can listen to full albums. You can say, but, I want to listen to But there's to still a limit on print.
0: that. So you're, if you're not paying for the streaming, you don't get every album. There's a, a limited... Oh, really? Yeah, you can't yeah, listen it's, to it's, limited,
1: it's a limited release of things. Oh, I didn't like, So I didn't
0: once you it, pay sorry. for streaming, if you, you if get you access to, to everything.
1: If you try to play... Um, uh, oh, God. Chris Cornell, all you Oops. get is the live albums. It's terrible. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs>
0: I've heard the. Live oh, albums, so
2: you, so like you're you're saying pounds. with the with the with the premium Prime, John, you, you do get access to all the albums, right?
0: Yeah, you get access to everything that you don't have access to in general. Yeah. So there's there's plenty of times where I, <sighs> I, I was going to play stuff for the kids, and it was blocked mm-hmm. because it just wasn't available on Prime. They play a preview of it, so I was like, ah, that kind of sucks. But now I don't well, have that was that issue. the trouble
1: that I had. So I got I got three more for Christmas, one for each kid. And when I got my boys, my daughter took it, went into her room, locked the door, and never came out. And when I saw her a week <laughs> later, she said, oh, yeah, it's hooked up to my friend's Spotify account and my other friend's YouTube Red and my other friends. So she's just got all of her friend's accounts on her device. She had no problem. But my two boys were baffled by how to configure this thing to do anything for them. And they, we would ask it to play music and it would say, I just don't know what you're talking about. You don't have Pandora. You don't have Spotify. You don't have Music Plus. I'm like, what are all these services? I, what does the device do if it doesn't just come with something out of the box?
0: Well, it's got to be connected to a uh, Prime account. My, my...
1: That's what we ended up having to do that. We ended up having to hook up all of the devices except for my daughters. Of course, she has more accounts than I do now. But we had to hook up all of the boys' devices to my phone and my account, mm-hmm. and boy, what a pain in the ass!
0: On, a, on a yeah. s- it, it,
2: it, the the multi-family is is really a, has has proven to be a lot more challenging than I think it should be. Yeah,
0: my three and a half year old is way into the Alexa or the Echo devices. Shh, stop it! Don't say anything over there. But see, so
1: he, he doesn't feel the need. He doesn't feel the need to own it, though. He doesn't feel the need to make it his. No,
0: no not yet. You're correct. But out of nowhere... And the... that's
1: the thing that teenagers need.
0: Out of nowhere the other day, he started saying, Echo, the other name for it, I love you. Aww. And I, I don't know where he got that from. And it, it just replies with, Oh, that's nice to hear. Or something like that. And I was like, where did he even pick that up? And he he just laughed about it. Because I immediately say, it's just a speaker. It's not a person. You know, like Don't, don't apply uh, a person attribute to it in any way. Don't
1: you dare confirm Thomas's sci-fi dystopia. <laughs> that,
0: I mean, there's a lot out there about how if, if you don't teach kids about that, that they they think there's a person living in there. <laughs> it's it crazy. Yeah, but
1: that's fine because they're polite at least.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Nah, if I, it I, makes I see
1: you feel, John's point. If it makes you feel any better, my daughter told me she loved me tonight to spite her mother.
2: <laughs> and and did you answer the same way the echo does? That's nice to hear. <laughs> oh, that's nice to hear. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's oh, nice they nice to were
1: hear. the two of them were the two of them were arguing in the kitchen, and my daughter goes, "Ugh, whatever," and storms downstairs and goes, "Good night, Tommy. I love you." <laughs>
0: <laughs> just,
1: just children are creatively cruel.
0: Now, on another note, oh, yeah. this past weekend I spent a lot of time doing electrical work in my house. Out by my floodlights outside, I installed two new receptacles so I can plug in Christmas lights. And in one corner, I wanted to plug in a security camera that has just been out there and offline now for what three, four months because I didn't charge the batteries. But I also installed an Echo B smart thermostat i replaced the thermostat for my ac unit with that i hadn't i knew it worked with echo or amazon what's well, in the name hmm it's, it's in the name well no it, i don't think they, it was made by amazon but anyway i knew it worked with it but it turns out you can walk up to it and say echo or alexa stop cancel <laughs> You can walk up to it, say Alexa, you know, whatever, play music, or uh, I can control my home from it. So I can turn my son's light up and down from there. I can set the thermostat right at that point.
2: This is the this is the thermostat itself. Yeah. So it it doubles as an Echo device. Yep. Exactly. Oh. Um, and I did
0: not know that when I bought it, so it was kind of like weird. And how hard was that to install? It's super easy. It's, I keep telling you I that. Need you need to I come know. over. When it comes to then, a thermostat, need, it's you like, you need to come over and install it. It's like eight it. wires, turn power Two. off. You, you take the eight wires out, put the eight wires in, you're done. The hardest part for me was I had a hmm. the smart thermostat I bought was smaller than the one I had. So I had to paint the wall behind the old mm-hmm. one. Take the old one out, paint the so wall. So you,
1: you have the Echo B4? Yep. Sponsored by Echo B. Echo B. More than a smart thermostat.
0: So SDG&E was giving a seventy-five dollar <laughs> rebate on either that or the Nest one, and in all of my research, every article I read said you can't go wrong with either. So really? I decided to go with the Echo B. What,
2: what, what made you? What made that decision? I don't remember what the the final decision
0: was. Uh, well, actually, the Nest the...
1: one's owned by Google, and they deprecate their devices.
0: There's that. Well, the Echo Bee actually has additional uh, temperature devices. So I, in my kitchen, I have yeah, a little sensor. Sensors. Yeah, it has a little sensor. So it, I haven't gone as far as to figure out what that does other than does it try to keep one room? <laughs> just just confuse
1: the thermostat? <laughs> yeah.
0: Does it average it? How does it work? But that was one selling point for me. Now, the Nest one is a learning one. So that one, might be cool. And I didn't really care about that.
2: Okay. So my big question is, is the Echo B dependent on any external service? Like, do you have to pay for a service to use this? No, or...
0: not at all. Mm. You install it. If you want to hook it up with Amazon, obviously you have to have an Amazon account, but that's different.
2: Yeah, yeah. It supports it up the 32
1: the... room sensors. Who needs that?
2: Me? It works with the have Google Assistant as well.
1: I have. It's beautiful.
2: I've got this
0: podcast. It supports this house.
1: What do you Eric, do? You prop
2: you... it up underneath the door or something?
1: <laughs> Eric, did you see John change his Facebook profile picture?
2: I don't go to Facebook.
1: I don't know. I, I
2: recently changed mine too. I didn't realize yeah. so I, I I so often don't go to Facebook that I didn't realize when you change your profile picture, it, like, broadcasted. I, like, had all these people liking the photo. I'm like, why are these people liking my photo? Mm -hmm. I didn't – it's not a new photo. It's an old photo. It's been up there forever. And then I realized, oh, yeah, I just set it as my profile picture, and everybody in the world started – it just puts it on your timeline. No, I have not not looked at John's Facebook. I have to keep it
0: up to date. The other one I hadn't changed in a long time.
2: It's – it's got. It's got to be with the kids. Of
1: course. Yeah, I have three teenagers, and my wife works exclusively with special needs students at the local school. So all I ever get exposed to are just these downtrodden faces, just just crushed by the weight of life. And then I look at John's page, and it's like this. It, it, it's like if angels had a Facebook page and they wanted to show their kids off. It's horrifying. <laughs> okay it it's it's the worst
2: this is why I removed John from my uh from my Facebook stream. I can't handle yeah. all his kid pictures it, anymore. It's way too horrible look at the little ears and and the kids's got little ears too that's cute, but John's ears are cuter
0: <laughs> that's cute the The funny thing is this morning Grayson let me uh do his hair for him, so I don't know where <laughs> a, a couple nights ago in the bathtub i had I was shampooing his head. And he's got a lot of hair right in the middle of his head now, so he could do like a mohawk. And I was, I was pulling it up, and it kind of turned over like a wave, so I told him it, it looked like a wave, and he really liked it. So this morning, I asked my wife, hey, what do you think about me letting him go to school like that? She's like, eh, whatever. So I try to get that same thing with uh, whatever product I use. It didn't turn out the same, but he really enjoyed having a different hairstyle. It kinda of look like a, a little mohawk <laughs> I, on his head.
1: I very clearly remember those days with my with my children. Well, hey guys, we have actual uh PHP stuff going on. Do you guys want to cover any PHP news? On a
2: PHP podcast? Yes, well hold on. Before we before before we move away from John's uh Facebook stream. Of course. I, I I was clicking through it and I remembered Thomas, I think you've mentioned his uh, <laughs> security vault camera setup that he has. <laughs> I've, I've yes. Been...
1: <laughs> his so, his five-camera cool. room monitoring solution.
2: <laughs> <laughs> For listeners of the show, I, I don't know if we've talked about this on the show in the past. I know we've given him a hard time about it in Slack, but one of his Facebook posts, has a picture of the of the security cameras he has in one of his kids' room and there's like literally three security cameras lined up all right sure. next to each so other. There's... It looks like the kids like could work he's trying to be like a blackjack dealer at Vegas or something. There's three... <laughs> oh no, and John's and, trying and to get him a John
1: John doesn't get to talk because John's excuse for this <laughs> is that Each one doesn't work the way he wants it to, so he just puts another one up.
0: (laughs) There's three in his room. He just doesn't
2: take down the old ones. There's
0: three in Grayson's room, and there's two in Nolan's room.
2: And you're giving me a hard time about how many Echo devices I have. You got three cameras facing your kid.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but none of them are that good.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. I just i i i was cl- you have me on Facebook now, and I was yeah. Thomas said he wanted to
0: bring up. that up a couple shows ago, and he forgot, so I just let it go. Look, like, okay.
2: <laughs> he, he's not gonna bring it up.
0: I'm not gonna bring it
2: up.
1: All right. I will PHP say. P news time. No, no.
2: But it, I had no. one more. I thing think. I wanted to say. Oh. <laughs> no, it's fine. We can move on.
1: PHP news time. Have you guys heard the big news this week in PHP? Yes. No. <clears throat> I, I literally did not hear anything about this until I looked up PHP articles this afternoon in desperation for something relevant to our supposed podcast. But the PHP Framework Interoperability Group has approved and announced PSR 15. The request and response handlers it's just requ- the, the http server request handler yeah, just request not PSR.
0: response uh,
1: they do specify how responses move through the middleware interface and there is a response interface as part of it hmm. so they do they, they it's called the server request handlers but it because it's assuming that you're going to respond on the same medium that you're receiving the request it does include response handlers as well, or response interfaces at least. Um, so this is something that has been in the in the works for a long time, and there's a really great article about how this was built. Um, MWOP.net, that is the M-WAP. blog run by Matthew Weir-O'Finney. He wrote a great post about uh, his involvement, he was a sponsor and the final arbiter of changes for the re- during the review period. Uh, he talks about the iterations of the PSR and why it came to be in the exact form that it is in. Uh, but essentially, this is a collection of interfaces designed to be uh, globally applicable for frameworks to handle requests and responses um, as a middleware-style system. So I don't know how familiar familiar you guys are with middleware, but there's some interesting stuff here.
0: Yeah, I need to read through it more. I I heard when it came out. um, So one of the clients that I work with has many developers across the, the country, and a lot of them are way above my pay grade. They're actually really good. And I like talking with them and hearing what they have to say. And they recently brought this up as a potential for the legacy app that we're working on. But we'll see where that goes.
2: Brought this up how? I mean, Hmm? just as far as... as, Brought this up how? Just as far as refactoring to be this PSR compliant? Yeah, yeah, because
0: currently right now they don't have a... They have a framework that was built by them like 15 years ago. So it's kind of a work in progress. Mm Mm-hmm and trying to move to any sort of standard framework isn't going to work. The the router is like a homegrown router and they're we're trying to introduce a container system in there now. The how the request happens is just a kind of a nightmare. So they they brought this up as possible a possible way to streamline how requests are made. Hmm.
2: I mean that—that's what this is for. It's—it's it's a PSR, so it's kind of a this a standard that we everybody's kind of agreeing right. to. But yeah,
1: know. now the interesting thing about this PSR to me is that it doesn't do something that every other middleware I've seen does. So if you're used to middleware, you'll see the three arguments to any function, which is the request, the response, and then next and next is a callable, so it can be an anonymous function, it can be the name of a class, it can be uh, anything that you can call with your response. Uh, They've decided that because callable was just generally too vague and did not allow for strict interoperability between different middlewares, that they were going to have to define a next type they were going to have to define a an interface for what next actually means and what methods would have to be included in that as well so from my understanding of it uh, frameworks such as laravel symphony and cake are not psr15 compatible at this time and i would be surprised to see laravel compatibility anything earlier than 5.7 mm-hmm.
0: now is this because it's PHP seven with the response type, so they're saying that it's returning a response interface. So if the callable doesn't return that, it would cause issues.
2: Well, well, uh, to your point earlier, John, this doesn't. This actually doesn't capture the the standard for the response. It says, uh, section what one point three generating response. It says it's recommended that any middleware or request handler that generates a response will either compose a prototype of a PSR-7 response interface or a factory compatible of generating a response interface. So this, this standard has nothing to do with the response. Just that you, you're going to have a response. You should be right, aware just that, that it's it will,
1: just that it will meet the interface's definition of a response, which is, yeah, like you said.
0: I forgot, PSR-7 um, or whatever it is, they do have a response interface already.
2: Right, PSR seven, and it, they they say it's a prototype of a PSR seven response. Interface. I'm not sure why they say that, but
1: well, and Symphony has very strong PSR seven support. Um, but at, to to your question, John, don't forget that that PHP five is only security fixes until December. I'm sorry. Yeah, December, January of next year. No,
0: I thought it was December, 2019. This I believe
1: year. it got a uh, notice. You're right. It is December seven point is supported until November and five is supported until December (laughs) for some reason. So I anything moving forward, you're going to see these kinds of strict typings and, uh, return type declarations, any, any PSR moving forward. You're going to see this type of, uh,
0: I'm a fan of it, especially when it comes to, I'm a huge fan, especially when you're using an IDE that understands it and makes it easy to make sure you're getting what you're supposed to get back.
1: Well, and to me, the return type is a huge thing because you can take a snippet of the interface and you immediately know what any implementation is going to do because the interface defines all of your strongly typed inputs and it has a strongly typed output, so you know what you're getting back. Hmm. It's so easy to read just one line and know what maybe a thousand lines I is mean,
0: doing. I mean, we're currently doing that with doc blocks, but it's not enforced. Right, so docbot can say you're right. expecting and, and a dot, response and, interface, which is group. great for the IDE, but it's not. PHP isn't saying you're definitely getting this back, and if you don't, we're gonna throw some sort of error.
2: Yeah. So, so uh, I, I actually, I actually ran into a, a little bit. We we're moving on, but we're still talking about PHP stuff. All right. All um, right following. I, I actually ran into a little bit. We were, I, I was sharing with you. I think it was last week. Uh, Thomas uh, Vessel for as a Docker drop-in, a composer yes. Docker drop-in for a project. Yeah. Um. Ha, have you got had a chance to look at that yet?
1: I, I took a look at it and I sort of got uh-huh. railroaded on it. Um, the Vessel looked more complicated. Now, th- this harkens to a conversation that we've only had on Slack, which is. Why is there a DockerCon? Did you did you involve yourself in that conversation at all?
0: No, but I have seen DockerCon. I was talking
1: there. I was talking with some of the guys. I get the Docker weekly email and I just sort of deleted it immediately because I'm not into Docker right now or wasn't mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, and I see DockerCon and I see lots of uh, papers written about Docker and I always thought to myself, what what am I missing that that Docker is, like, worthy of hundreds of hours of study and reading. Uh, and the answer came to me when I actually looked into what was being presented at DockerCon. And the answer is just, it's not for me. It's for what? people running... The, the, the people at DockerCon are running... Oh, Do-
2: DockerCon is not for you, not Docker.
1: Not Docker is for me. Docker...
2: Uh. Pre-configured, if
1: you give me a Docker thing out of the box, pre-configured, ready to go, I can tweak variables and get it up and running, and that's fine. But all of the vast ecosphere of Docker (laughs) is really targeted towards people running VPSs and stuff like that. People who want well, it's, to. Well, it's an operations quick thing, right? provision. It's, yeah, it's massively operations. Yeah, and yeah. They have not, things like not... Docker Swarm, which is a yeah, uh, yeah. So that, load that's... balancing Docker yeah. server manager. Blah blah blah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean you don't don't invalidate the importance of it. it it's 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 a, it's extremely impactful to our industry. It's just a different. It's just well, a different area. It's operations. That's the part I, didn't I get, I because mean,
1: three years ago, you and I were running vagrant and then docker was like this big new up and coming thing that was going to replace vagrant and then docker for some people replaced vagrant and vbox and stuff like that and i thought okay so it's it's done now they did their job but i didn't realize oh no it kept going people are running whole companies based off of docker provisioning systems and
2: right like well that. that's that's one of the strengths of docker matter of fact to continue with my story a little bit the idea behind docker is that it's it's not just a development tool it's not something you run locally it's something your developers build towards and then you actually deploy that exact docker into production so that there's no deviation on the environment
1: (laughs) see but that was that was the big confusion for me because the last time we hung out and talked about docker the conversation was is docker ready for production Right. And then I find and out. You're,
2: you're always going to get that conversation. I mean, there's always that conversation. I mean, well, not it, anymore, it, though.
1: That conversation we, is dead because there's there's people running entire companies as Docker as their foundation exa- on production systems for other companies. It, it's done. Exactly. It's an enterprise thing.
2: No, no, but yeah, exactly. We We went through the same conversation with virtual machines. I was actually at an enterprise company. Uh, when virtual machines were really getting hot, and we had to fight with management, with the security team, with the server team, and convincing them, no, virtual servers are ready for production. There is no reason why we can't run virtual servers in production, and we, and we had to go through that same conversation with Docker. That's natural, and again, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, when when you get to that level, you're you're really getting to a spec. That would be like somebody who builds servers trying to have an intelligent conversation about PSR, right? Like, they may have a a high-level understanding of what a PHP PSR is, but they're not to our level where they're living, breathing this stuff. That's where Docker was for operations. Like, we have an understanding of it, but we can't really kind of comprehend all the minutiae of that sort of architecture operations people do um and and that
1: that brings me to one of my favorite articles that i read this hold
2: on i haven't even fucking told you my story yet man you're like hijacking my whole thing according
1: to the edit you have
2: (laughs) holy shit (laughs) what article thomas no,
1: you go on. I'll get, I'll fetch you No, a beer. you you've
2: already shit on my story. Go ahead. Tell me what what article you want to read.
1: Well, our dear leader, Rasmus Leerdorf, the, the man who doesn't half ass anything, decided he was going to take a look at VPS solutions. So he's been running his own hardware in a data center and He wanted to see, hey, you know, there's all these these newfangled things like DigitalOcean and Linode and and Vulture and UpCloud and Lightsail and even Azure, Microsoft's VPS platform. He wanted to see what was the cost, what was the performance, and how did each one of these things rank against each other. And he wrote out scripts. He wrote out, I mean, this has got to be 30, 40 pages of analytics of each vps system at each price point and the performance that he got from each one how easy it was to configure he he starts it off with a two-page breakdown that just says hey if you're lazy just read this this top 10 list right here (laughs) it's and it on its own it's a 15 minute read
0: but he also says i I have referral uh, links here so i'm gonna make money if you choose these
1: yeah, naturally drops exactly. referral links on every single one of them. My favorite <laughs> review so far has been the Azure one, uh, which is, just says, "This was painful. I have a bit of a Microsoft aversion. Tried to keep an open mind. I wrote a blog post about the entire experience. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not for me. Uh, I love seeing this kind of work, and I'm I'm really glad that there's somebody like Rasmus." Doing this, but I kind of wonder why there isn't a lot more of this kind of straight up breakdown of VPS of, of any kind of solution. I mean, if you look at top VPS solutions, you get a bunch of uh, bullshit CNET articles that require you to click through ten things and have ads on every page. And it's like, why isn't there Gotta love SEO an open source community sure. that's reviewing this stuff? And he doesn't just he doesn't just give. His like, well, this one felt better. He gives breakdowns of numbers and dollars. He says this cost eighty dollars and you get this many, you know, P flops out of it. Or this one had an I.O. problem when you started trying to hit buffers at this rate, or this one uh just threw up its hands and didn't have enough cores to handle the requests I was getting. He really, really digs in. Um and, and if you're just listening to the podcast and don't care about the results vulture is his go-to he really loves this one and says that it's the thing to go with um but i recommend checking out the article and and i don't know it's not medium so you can't give him a clap but medium's a cesspool anyways
2: so you give, give, give uh give give him a give him the clap <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: fine so what you're saying is you think his pick was vulture even though DigitalOcean's at the top of his list. So you're saying these aren't these well, aren't says, ranked in order?
1: No, they're not ranked in order. He says on Vulture, a serious competitor to DigitalOcean, I would use this. Uh, especially if they brought block storage to the West Coast. Price and performance is great, and web UI provisioning and managing instances is clear and easy to use. Even without block storage to bare metal instance with two by two forty gigabyte SSDs has adequate space. Uh so I mean he, he gives strong recommendations on several of these. Usually the ones that have referrals. I've been
0: codes. reading a lot. <laughs> we use DigitalOcean, but I've been reading a lot about how it compares to AWS, and it's a real competitor to AWS as well.
2: Yeah, I, I've I've been real happy with DigitalOcean. They they've offered they've they've made some new offerings. Uh, they're really kind of getting more in line with AWS, but. A much much simpler interface. Oh, AWS is uh, they I, I do like...
0: so much, but there's just so many options you get lost so quickly.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I'm like I'm liking DigitalOcean. AWS's design is a pain in the ass. If you if you're on your S3 instance and you need to make a domain name change, then you have to click through their menu system and remember what their DNS service is called. Do you guys know what their DNS service Route is 53.
2: called? Route 53. Route
1: 53. So you have to (laughs) shut up you have to remember you have to remember what each of their services is called you have to pull it up in a menu that lists all of their services and then you have to browse through again it's just AWS is such a pain in the ass because it's so flexible right Um, but I can tell you that when I set the firewall up on my DigitalOcean instance that was the easiest thing I could possibly imagine it was so smooth and it's just because I didn't need a billion rules I just needed very specific firewall rules for these ports and that was it done and walk away yeah
2: and i know DigitalOcean just expanding their their base offering like whatever their i think their, their lowest one was like a 512 uh <clears> memory <throat> um device and now i think the lowest is like two gig somebody was saying i, I haven't haven't logged in in a while i was just i was just hearing about this so in case i don't know if they're well, upgrading
0: in they, case you guys aren't aren't they watching are eduardo in our chat room right now is saying vulture rocks i have never heard of vulture until two minutes ago and I already have somebody saying how great they are
2: <laughs> multiple yeah, I'm people not, I, i'm not familiar with vulture
0: so something and, to look into
2: uh, it's funny they say a serious competitor to DigitalOcean. We had
0: somebody a couple years ago just raving about Linode and loving that. And I just never got into it. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. got into Digital.
1: I think Linode was number two in the market for a while. Yeah.
0: For me, it was DigitalOcean, then AWS. I used AWS just because it was the big thing. But their interface is just so crappy.
1: And UI is a big deal. UI is, I mean, even for stuff like this... UI is very important, and I've always considered myself sort of a hobbyist in UI and UX. I've always dealt with um, requests coming in from my bosses. They'll say, hey, we're doing this page, and I like to send it back to them and say, you you cannot do this. You cannot put that button there because fundamentally users don't use things that way. Um, and I saw a really nice web page this week laws of ux.com have you guys seen this at all it's just a quick list of 10 quote-unquote laws of ux uh how to target your design towards users and make sure that users are doing the thing that you expect them or want them to do and some of them are are sort of what we like to think of as common sense um the first one fits law the time to acquire a target is a function of the distance to and size of the target so if you want somebody to click the download button you make it bigger that's essentially it uh, you can click on learn more and you'll get a complete breakdown of what the law comes from uh, 1954 psycholog- psychological study by Paul Fitz stuff like that um, there's some other stuff here though that's not as intuitive, but makes sense when you really sit down and think about it. Uh, stuff that it stuff that is known about people, but doesn't necessarily have a place in web design until you think about its application. So, the average person can only keep seven plus or minus two items in their working memory. Well, how does that apply to UX? There's an excellent breakdown here that says when you're designing informational sites. You don't want to present more than seven or eight pieces of information at a time, and you want to allow the user to tunnel down that information in a way that is, is natural to them. Uh, and some stuff that you know obviously applies to what we do professionally. Uh, Parkinson's law, any task will inflate until all of the available time is spent. So if you give an estimate of three weeks, it will take three weeks. But I really like this site. It's not using the, the craziest fancy CSS that I've seen this week, but uh, it does. It, it is nice and readable and friendly. What is the craziest and
0: fanciest CSS you've seen this week?
1: Oh, my God. I don't even remember. I saw something that was so stupid it hurt my brain. I was looking at something that was brought up on our IRC channel, uh, a company that just does data informatics presentation stuff and it was all done with with animated CSS depending on your location on the page using parallaxing and some of it was nice and made it readable some of it was unbelievably hard to just get through because it kept trying to animate every time you scrolled one pixel up or down hmm. uh there's there's a big burgeoning market for that kind of web page as art thing.
0: The craziest thing I've seen was just today, and it was on LuckyOrange.com. So I've used Crazy Egg to do heat maps, see what people are doing on your site. Lucky Orange does the same thing. And right on their homepage, they have this reflection layer, which by itself is simple. But then they have a YouTube video on top of that. At least I think it's YouTube. They have a video on top of that that, yeah, it's YouTube. That when you play, there's a reflection below that showing the reflection of the video. And I thought that was amazing. I don't know why. I'm sure if I knew more about the UI and how that worked, it would be very easy to implement. But in general, I was just impressed with it. And the show comes to a screeching halt.
2: I didn't realize he'd walked away. What? He did just before I started. Yeah, I, I was, I, I, I was, I was looking at that. I, I wasn't sure what you were talking about with that though. I, I guess, I guess, I, So you need to look at the video. No, you don't have to. It's just when you go to the homepage,
0: you can see how it does a reflection below the the prominent line. It's a little bit faded, and it's a reflection. And when you play the video, it's also reflected down there, which I wasn't expecting.
2: Let me see. Let me look at that again. Because, oh, I see what you're yeah. saying. It, it, it's oh. So if I play this video, It's just a
0: little touch, and it's
2: it's interesting. I just wasn't expecting that. I I, I don't I don't see the reflection when I play the play the what? video. Are you in a Firefox? No, Chrome. Chrome. Yeah. So, so I, I don't see the reflection when I play the video, but I, I do see it. I do see it when the page loads. Really?
0: And you're in Chrome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely see the reflection down there.
2: Yeah, no, mine goes, mine goes away. Huh? I wonder if uh... now, now you were you were giving Firefox a go, uh, John? Uh, I think like last week or so. A couple um, of days ago, I decided. I I've been very unhappy
0: with my my Mac Pro. You and I both. A, a few years ago, we bought the these the trash can Mac Pros, thinking, you know. It's the professional line. It's going to be way better than our laptops.
1: I could have talked you out of that.
0: Where were you three years ago when we decided to buy these things?
1: I think I was trying to talk you out of it.
0: No, I don't think so. Anyway, not super happy with it. Always have a... Not always. Occasionally have issues with it where stupid things freeze up. And twice in the last week, if I clicked on to open an email from inbox the entire system would just freeze one point it was in the middle of an interview for the PHP podcast that Eric and I do and i was like i could hear them just fine but i could not talk my microphone wasn't transmitting and i didn't shut anything down because i thought maybe it would recover and i could save the audio which did not happen anyway it's frustrating for that, and looking at the my uh, system performance, I thought it was Chrome that was causing it. So I decided I'm going to give Firefox a, a chance, and I got to tell you, a, just two three hours into it, I was more annoyed than I was with Chrome. I didn't have I didn't have the system lockup issues I was having, but just switching from tab to tab was so slow, and there was there mm-hmm. was one app that I was using. And granted, it was using Flash, which sucks to begin with. But typing into the form within Flash was, if I typed at a normal speed, it came out gibberish. It just did not work. Where at least in Chrome, if I did the mm. same thing, it was still slow, but it picked up my individual keystrokes. So if I type my email address, I could see it. <laughs> so I just gave up. I, mm. I shut down Firefox and said, no, nah, I'll stick with Chrome for now.
1: So, we've had yeah. three people from Diego Dev try Firefox and just decide it's not working out.
0: And I keep hearing great things. Everything I see on Twitter is I've uninstalled Chrome. I actually work with uh, Coder Rabbi Yitz, and he just tweeted out recently that he uninstalled Chrome because he's, he switched. And it's just not working for me. I, I want to use Firefox.
1: I can't see uninstalling Chrome though. That's your test he's... environment as well. I mean, you need yeah, to... but
0: he's also a Windows guy, oh, no. not only a uh, Mac guy or a Windows guy. It's got that fear. Oh, of the actually, no, he's a Windows guy. I forgot. I don't know why. He he said he is uninstalled yeah. it, but it's just not working for me.
2: Yeah, I, 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 similar experience. And I, I really wanted to get behind Firefox. And, and to a degree, I, I am a supporter of Firefox, the philosophy behind the, the yeah, company. That's another and reason I want to support Behind them. the software. Yeah. Well, they, but, yeah, they, yeah. Hired,
1: they hired Grumpy Programmer. Uh, they are sponsoring open source projects. They're paying upwards of like $60,000 to document some open source projects. They... They have an initiative that paid out, I believe, one and a half million dollars to open source. So I, I'm a huge fan of Mozilla and the work that they're doing. But, you know, we're, we're in a buyer's market right now with browsers. We get to pick whichever one we like best.
0: Yeah, but there was so much promise out of the, the latest version. It's just not living up, at least in my experience, it's not living up to what it is. Is promising. Eric, you gave you gave Firefox a try too, right? The Same thing didn't really work out for you. It,
2: yeah, yeah, it, kind of, kind of the, the same same issues you were seeing. It was a little it was a little clunkier than than I, I was used to with Chrome. The other big problem I, I ended up having, I'm kind of ashamed to admit this, but I really realized how much I use my Chromecast. And you know it's not not an option with uh with Firefox to you know I, I'm constantly listening to music and I'll, I'll throw it on my little Google device here or something and so yeah and I I, I was really having performance issues uh, just YouTube didn't seem to load video very well especially if I went full screen. Um just a lot of a lot of weird weirdness. That yeah, same thing. I just I don't have time to try to keep figuring it out and end up going back to Chrome. Yeah, what,
0: what also sucks is the fact that YouTube TV doesn't work in it, and then my YouTube videos, of watching watching right. those, they seem to That's be right. be very stuttery and just never play well. Yep. And that, I mean, it sucks that I don't know where the issue is. Is it? YouTube saying, "Oh, you're using, you're not using Chrome, so we're gonna make it a worse experience." Is it Firefox? You know, <laughs> causing issues. So there was
1: speculation mm-hmm. that that was that was what it was.
0: But it it, it was just so constant, and it, it just made me not want to use Firefox. Wherever the issue came from, it it's a fact of life. YouTube is huge right now.
1: Uh, thanks, net neutrality. <laughs> We're at the one hour point, guys. Do do we want to take it to uh, cryptocurrency?
0: Of course. What do you have?
1: You know how there's all those stories about people having a couple Bitcoin and forgetting about them, and then Bitcoin hits 11,000, 12,000, and 13,000, and and they decide to. (laughs) 20,000.
0: Not not too long ago, it was 20,000?
1: Yeah. Now, we haven't covered. The crypto bubble bursting on the podcast, but that's because it's not worth covering. Uh, nah. If you're investing in cryptocurrency, this shouldn't be surprising at all. Exactly. However, one 50 cent remembered, looks like a couple weeks ago, that he once sold his album uh, Animal Ambition for Bitcoin. That he had set up a system by which You could pay in Bitcoin and receive his album and just sort of forgot about it because, you know, being crazy rich, you kind of forget about that kind of thing. But then cryptocurrency hitting that, you know, 18,000 mark, he decided he'd check out uh, what his cryptocurrency portfolio looked like. And it turns out that he had sold about 700 Bitcoin worth of his album.
2: So a rich man got richer. Fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah, so the picture accompanying the story is uh, him pretending to cut a pile of money like it's a steak.
0: <laughs> so I first heard about this on uh, a new YouTube channel that I've been following. Doug Polk, I know him from the poker world. He, he has a huge poker channel, and he got it, he's been into crypto for a long time. And he has a YouTube channel called Doug Polk Crypto. Where he covered the same story, and I love the way he breaks things down. As far as uh, he's not afraid to call out people that are pushing certain ICOs or other uh, other cryptocurrencies that are basically pyramid schemes. You're John.
1: You're John McAfee's.
0: Yeah. So it's a it's a fun uh, channel to watch for sure.
1: I. There has been a lot of stories that we didn't cover in the last like 3 weeks about cryptocurrency. One of them was uh one of them was John McAfee. John McAfee is now getting called out for being a pyramid scheme style scammer with his Bitcoin and crypto advice. He has a cryptocurrency of the week that he's pushing, but apparently he has side clients that he's getting in before he pushes something and then selling as soon as he pushes it.
0: Yeah, he's doing a pump and dump.
1: Yeah. Uh and there's also uh the the cryptocurrency or the crypto token uh Bitconnect. Crypto a uh, Bitconnect.
0: Yeah, that's that's a horrible one.
1: Well, it's horrible because if you took 10 minutes to look at it, then you would see it's a pyramid scheme. It's obviously a pyramid scheme. They have it structured like a pyramid scheme. And if you if you read the fine print, they essentially said, "By the way, this is a pyramid scheme." And people got really upset when Bitconnect closed down and said, "Ah, we're a pyramid scheme. Sorry, guys." And then disappeared. <laughs> and I, I mean, I understand people are upset that they lost a lot of money, but shit, you should not have lost a lot of money. You should have. Lo- you should have read it's a pyramid scheme I mean, that's how they work is by taking people's money based off of this and promising false to, trust in the market and
0: promising to pay you weekly. See, you're going to like, <laughs> you're going to like Doug Polk's channel.
1: I'm going to have to check it out. I, I've been avoiding a lot of cryptocurrency stuff because I subscribed to hacker noon, which is uh, mediums sort of tech based, uh, channel. Now you just recently wrote an article for Medium, didn't you? Uh,
0: we have we put or on on Medium. Yeah, we put Diego Dev, I don't know, blog on Medium, and Eric assigned me a, a task to write a an article on there. So I finally followed through with my task that I, was assigned to me and did so. so
1: and I only caught one misspelling, so you did quite good. Hey, thanks. Um, I liked your article, but. I subscribed to Hacker Noon and it is a flood of garbage cryptocurrency opinions that I am absolutely amazed by. The the stock photo industry must be just booming right now because there's got to be 60 or 70 articles a day that are pumping themselves up with stock footage or stock photos of, of dollar bills and piles of coins and uh computers and server systems and but they are terrible pointless articles and there's just such a a mass of them yeah i don't i don't know how anyone can manage to filter through the sheer quantity of garbage that's out there
0: yeah again i i don't know why i keep pointing out his channel i don't know why i have this trust in what he's saying I don't know if it's the way. Do you have he's... an affiliate code? I wish. I don't know if it's the way he talks, but calling out other YouTubers that are pushing and, and the way he shows the things they're saying and how ridiculous it sounds, it's like how do people actually fall for this? And maybe it's because I don't watch their channel. Maybe if I did. I would be more subjected to what they're trying to sell, but. He does a really good job of pointing that kind of stuff out.
1: I think a lot of people have forgotten how bankable charisma is, mm-hmm. and YouTube is such an environment for the very charismatic but poorly educated, and it feeds to the people who love charismatic people and are willing to throw money at a screen.
0: Oh, I I fell uh, for it's, a a pump and dump in the stock market years ago very similarly where i signed up for stock advice because i had no clue what i was doing and like hey we're gonna buy into this penny stock you know it was very cheap at the moment and i was thinking i was signing up for a newsletter that would give me advice on where to where to invest and that's all it was was a pump and dump they got a bunch of people to buy they were selling off throughout and it was just a roller coaster ride. If you weren't prepared for it, and of course you're not, because you're not in the inner circle, you don't know when they're going to start selling. It's just a pain in the ass. So I learned I my lesson a long at... time ago.
1: I was looking at Ripple. Mm-hmm. Are you guys familiar with Ripple?
0: I know of it, and I know it's supposed to be a good buy. Supposedly, the the guy who created it is what the richest man in the world right now.
1: Yeah, it's a bad buy. You think? I know. Hmm. If you follow Ripple, everything that you'll read about it is this very positive, look at how many banks are involved, look at how many official corporate entities are using this. It's replacing the STAR system, which is a, a an existing system, and a lot of banks have signed on to replace their system with Ripple. did Western Union cetera, just join them or something? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, But it turns out that's 100% unrelated to the coin. Did you know that? I did not. XRP, the Ripple coin, Mm -hmm. is a centralized coin controlled by the Ripple company unrelated to their platform of distributed credit card handling transactions. It is just another coin it has no affiliation or association with the service that they keep advertising as their big moneymaker.
0: Huh, really?
1: Really. It's just another token. It's just another pump and dump. And it, it moves up and down based on the public perception of what it represents, but the actual thing that it represents is a centralized and very controlled currency.
0: Huh. Definitely need to do some more research so, on that.
1: It's Doing research on this kind of stuff is really hard because you don't know who to believe, you don't know where the information is coming from, and you have to do your own analysis after getting information from both sides, after finding out maybe this is bad, maybe this is good. That's the thing is that that's the conclusion that I came to with ripple was that it's not backed by anything it's centralized and it doesn't represent an actual business interest other than people dumping money into it
0: Hmm.
1: but i could be completely wrong that's just my two hours of research into it if you did another three hours maybe you'd find that it is backed by something else or maybe there's a promissory note or maybe there's a contract i don't know but investing in cryptocurrency is investing in your own ability to do research
0: Interesting. That's all that it is. So, Thomas, where is your white paper at with Buscoin?
1: I've got Roger's block.
0: <laughs> have you been working on that for like two or three weeks now?
1: Yeah, I have. I I haven't. I've just had the, I've I've literally had the blank document open on my screen that says Buscoin white paper because the reality of what I have to do is so daunting and i don't understand the technology well enough yet to fulfill some of the promises that i want to make you know i i I want it to be open and free and profitable for all people involved and when you're writing that into a solidity contract it's not that easy (laughs) those those sort of paradigms don't translate well
0: (laughs) i do not envy you that's for sure
1: I've, got, I've only got one more thing here. What do you guys have?
2: I've already covered all my stuff. Eric? I think we're, we're running a little, long on time. Let's go ahead and finish up whatever your one more thing is.
1: My, my favorite thing I've seen this week, Oculus, the creators of the Oculus Rift kind of, have invented a new measure of time. They're calling it the Flick. The Frame Tick. So if you're familiar with VR, you know that the rates at which each eye is rendered is very important. Uh, 90 hertz being sort of the minimum for not making people throw up into their masks. But the current measurements of time do not properly break up into the current measurements for hertz on a screen. So Oculus has derived a new measure of time where one frame of a 30 hertz video lasts exactly 23,520,000 flicks wow i i think this is really fascinating because i would not be surprised to see graphics cards moving forward calculating time in flicks instead of in nanoseconds i would be i would not be surprised to see this replacing excuse me Replacing regular measurements for time in video rendering. Uh, The primary reason is that uh, 1 30th of a second, which is a single 30 hertz video frame, lasts 0.033 seconds or 33.33 milliseconds. Floating point calculations cause that to be a much more expensive process than 23,520,000 flicks.
0: Wow. Interesting.
1: So if you're keeping an eye on uh, video cards, the ones that introduce support for flicks first, I think are going to be the ones that are going to be the most popular moving forward.
0: Hmm. I don't have a... But
1: yeah, a corporation decided that there's a new measurement of time.
0: And the Oculus Rift, is that the, the 3D headset?
1: Yeah. That's the one that was bought by Facebook, created by id or um john carmack the dang. head of id and has billions of dollars of lawsuits behind it
0: Ah, oh, crap there's a i didn't add a card and this reminds me of something i saw recently where like a 15 year old created a hundred dollar vr headset it was him and his friends and i forget where they were at dang it no that's yeah, bullshit you think
1: 100 percent
0: okay you even know what I'm talking about? Maxime Goat. What? Uh, 16 year old built a VR headset with his friends. Uh, he started programming when he was 13, blah blah blah. He gives you the, the templates to print out, do a 3D print on the headset itself. The something is open source. Some part of it is um ah to speed oh. up VR development time, we built the fast VR and open source SDK.
1: Yeah, yeah. He made Google Cardboard for a hundred dollars.
0: You think? I don't know enough about this stuff. All I know is it was interesting. They have an open source project. Um, tells you how to buy the. Yeah, he built it because the of an anime. Yeah.
1: That tells you everything you need to know.
0: No, it doesn't. What does that mean? Doesn't mean anything to me.
1: It means he spends half his time watching anime okay vr is an enormously complicated technology that is being refined in billionths of a second response times that's how important it is you you can build a a, a by visual input system for very cheap but calling it vr or functional in any way is wishful thinking
0: yeah, they just had a good story. They're from somewhere outside the U.S. and yeah. they had a math teacher no, that helped them with the algorithms they were coming up with for VR.
1: It's cool stuff, but to compare it to the Oculus is is a misnomer. To say that that using a 5.5 inch LCD screen with a Fresnel lens is comparative is just wrong. Uh, those those things aren't comparative at all. I, I love kids. Don't get me wrong, but. Uh, adults using kids to gain attention is a shitty thing that's been happening on the internet a lot lately
0: yeah I always step back and wonder about that did did a 13 year old or 16 year old really write this code or somebody else I can
1: believe the 16 year old I can believe a 16 year old did but when they say we built an oculus an adult at some point said sure you can say that I've never been. I've never used an Oculus, so whatever. I don't care.
0: Hmm. All right.
1: <laughs> it's 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 a kid selling you something. Yeah. You know, take it for take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. <laughs> All
0: right. I think that about wraps up this episode. How long are we running, Eric? Way too long. An hour and a half Eric, in. Coming back? Oh my gosh.
2: What, Thomas? Are you coming back? Back where? To to close out.
1: You've been sure. catch for like a half I'm Eric hour. Van Johnson.
0: <laughs> You've been listening to episode 93? 92? 93. Yep. Episode 93 of PHP Ugly. I'm John Congdon.
1: I'm Tom Rideout.
2: I'm still Eric Van Johnson. Keep, keep
1: it Keep ugly. it ugly.
2: Thanks for listening to
1: this episode of PHP Ugly and thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Show notes can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or directly off the PHP Ugly RSS feed. A rating of five stars on iTunes is appreciated. Submit articles to phpugly at reddit.com slash r
0: slash phpugly. Until next week, keep it ugly.